0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. In October of last year, the federal government removed the carbon tax from home heating oil for three years, a measure most beneficial to Atlantic Canadians. Well, good for them. Atlantic Canadians um, got really jammed by the carbon tax, and they let it be known to uh, Mr. Trudeau's government through polling that uh, his prospects of securing as many seats as he has in the past, pretty dim. And that's why Mr. Trudeau passed that carve-out of the federal carbon tax for home heating oil. But the prime minister refused to provide a similar carbon tax carve-out for Canadians heating their homes with natural gas or propane used by the majority of residents in the prairie provinces. And one of his ministers, when asked about it, said, words to the effect, well, if you want that kind of deal from us, elect more liberals. So you can prepare yourself for initiatives and legislation from this government in the uh, year-plus They still have control of the parliament with their friends in the NDP. As long as the NDP liberal contract continues, you can expect all sorts of legislative efforts or policy efforts to try to persuade Canadians, yeah, you should elect us again. Okay, you know what the definition of insanity is? Right. I don't need to expand on that. Well, this week, Saskatchewan's minister responsible for a provincial energy utility announced that the province will not remit the carbon levy on home heating fuels to Ottawa. Understanding this may lead to fines and potentially prison time for executives of Sask Energy. We've spoken with Premier Scott Moe about this in the past, and he's made it very clear what his objectives are for his province— and the federal government has made it very clear they don't give a damn. So push has, in fact, come to shove. Premier Scott Moe joins us. Premier, thanks for thanks for joining us on the show today.
1: Well, thanks so much, Roy, and it's uh, great to talk to you in the new year.
0: Yeah, it's good to talk to you. If, before we do anything else, can I just get your thoughts, please, on the impact Brian Mulrooney had on this country?
1: Yeah, yeah, first, uh, you know, from Saskatchewan, uh, all of Saskatchewan, our our, our thoughts are with uh, the Mulroney family. I've reached out to both Mark and, and Carolyn and expressed uh, our condolences. Uh, Brian Mulroney, uh, you know, was a, a great leader in this nation. Uh, he was a leader that uh, probably represented Canada, uh, both within the nation and, and outside. Uh, you know, some of the uh, relationships that he built throughout the U.S. and the European Union and around the world, I, I think that was a time when uh, we could collectively across this nation be very proud of of what Canada brought uh, to the the world stage, and and Brian uh, very much represented Canada well. And you know we're forever grateful for his leadership uh, from the province of Saskatchewan, and our our hearts are with the family, uh, as it is always family first. Our hearts are with the Mulroney family. To, Difficult
0: thing. Yeah, well said, Premier. One of the things Mr. Mulroney did was try to build consensus. And even at the time that he introduced the goods and services tax, which was hugely unpopular, and Mr. Chrétien saying, we'll, what was it he said? We'll we'll ban the tax, or whatever the line was. Yeah, yeah. in, In 1993, essentially won him... That election. But Mr. Mulroney tried to build consensus and he sent ministers, including his finance minister, Michael Wilson, around the country. Mr. Wilson was in this studio with me several times, trying to explain to Canadians what the GST was. We know now, but at the time there was a great deal of uncertainty. But Brian Mulroney tried to get people to understand and build consensus. We don't see that at this time with this particular government and this particular prime minister. Now, you warned mr chretien and his uh, deputy stephen gilbo the environment minister that saskatchewan would withhold carbon tax if no carve out for natural gas were put in place for residents in your province premier you did so on air with us did you first of all did you ever hear from ottawa on your warnings to the trudeau government
1: And not, not really. And you know, I I pine for the days of uh, you know where uh, Minister Wilson uh, and Brian uh, Prime Minister of the day uh, Mulroney's direction, uh, you know, went out and actually tried to find common ground uh, with the provinces uh, across this nation. On, I I would say equally as challenging, maybe maybe even more challenging uh, topics like the, the the bringing in the GST versus what we see uh, this government uh, doing today I, I, you know <laughs> there is there is a conversation to be had here and i would say a collaborative one we all understand we need to reduce our emissions uh, continue our march towards uh, uh you know a lower carbon uh, um a lower carbon uh, canada and a lower carbon world ultimately and we're finding our way in the industries in saskatchewan are finding their way and are some of the most sustainable industries in the world uh, What we said in this instance was we were going to make exactly the same decision as the federal government made when they, rightfully so, lifted the carbon tax on home heating fuel, which was largely going to impact those in Atlantic Canada. Um, We felt we were going to do the same for Saskatchewan residents to the degree that we could. Uh, So we did lift it on electric heating as well as natural gas. Uh, We unfortunately aren't able to help those that are utilizing propane, um, which includes many northern uh, and rural residents in the province as well, but we've lifted it on the the areas where we can. Uh, same decision as the federal government made. Uh, they call, I think, their aspect of the decision, a, a, you know, a proper decision to lower costs for Canadians, and I think they referred to ours. I think Minister Wilkinson referred to us making the same decision as, as uh, nothing short of anarchy, and so uh, this isn't consensus building. This isn't working with the provinces to a collaborative a solution of which I think we could find one. Uh, This is uh, quite the opposite of that today. And, uh, you know, quite a divisive approach, I would say. And I think many provinces would agree with that.
0: It's really a negotiation by threat that we're getting from Ottawa these days. Would you agree?
1: Well, that's the attempt. Um, It isn't working very well. And I would say that it's uh, (laughs) maybe showing up in the polls as well, which are worth exactly what you pay for them, which isn't very much. Um, But I would say that, Canadians are noticing and Canadians have had enough of, of uh, whether you call it negotiation by threat or just a lack of working together to find uh, that collaborative point. We we actually all know where we need to, to find our way to. We need to lower our emissions in uh, the industries that are creating wealth, but not at the expense of, of, of that wealth. <laughs> and um, if you do so, uh, you'll find yourself like, you know, Germany and the European Union, where you uh, end up buying uh, those, those energy products from other places that are much dirtier often and maybe less stable. and I, I would say the European Union and Germany in particular put themselves in a very vulnerable position in the last few years. We aren't going to do that in Saskatchewan, and I would suggest we shouldn't do it across Canada. We should uh, you know, plan, work together to lower our emissions, but keep our economy strong uh, and continue to prove some of the most sustainable products that you can find on Earth. There is a path forward. Uh, this government just seems to miss the mark time and time and time again on working with provinces to find that proper and appropriate path for Canadians.
0: No question in your mind that the carve-out, the carbon tax carve-out for electric heating or electric home home heating was was just uh, an effort to try to not lose too many seats in Atlantic Canada.
1: Well, and I think their minister admitted to that. He said we should elect more liberals uh, in right. Saskatchewan. I couldn't see that happening.
0: Well, you better get at it.
1: Yeah, I guess they could start campaigning.
0: <laughs> How's it going to work, uh, uh, Premier, because there is legislation in place that that requires you to turn over the, as I understand anyway, there's legislation in place that requires Saskatchewan to turn over the carbon levy to Ottawa. Yeah,
1: so what we did is we, uh, Sask Energy applied uh, to be dismissed as the uh, gas uh, deliverer in, in the province. and. Uh, the the government has applied to be that deliverable. Both have been accepted by the federal government. Um, so uh, the accountability now on who is responsible for submitting uh, this is the minister of Crown Investment Corporation. That's Minister Duncan. I think he has alluded that he doesn't think that he's going to be going to carbon jail anytime soon. Um, but that that is the, uh, the change that has taken place. That's a significant change so that our energy company is indemnified. Uh, this is the decision of the minister whether or not to remit. Uh, the minister in Saskatchewan has made exactly the same decision as the prime minister of Canada in that we are not going to charge or remit uh, the carbon tax on home heating fuels to the, to the extent that we can. And so it's the same decision as the federal government made. um, And we would expect uh, to be treated the same as Atlantic Canadians, as we are uh, all from one nation.
0: And yet you're being described, you told us as as anarchists.
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, I, I, I I, I don't know how that could be possible when, as I said, we're essentially emulating the very same decision. One must remember as well, that the reason we have uh, largely natural gas uh, being utilized in Saskatchewan is because Saskatchewan people um, themselves and through a government program in the 1980s uh, switched from home heating fuel to natural gas. We paid for it ourselves. We didn't have a a federal government program in place to do that. Uh, We made that transition ourselves uh, in this problem. And uh, so we, you know, we, 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 and we just feel quite fundamentally that uh, the decision the federal government made was unfair uh, to at least uh, in our in our our concern as Saskatchewan residents. And so we did what we we could to uh, to ensure that it is fair. And, and listen, this doesn't change our our uh, very uh, you know foundational principle on the carbon tax. We think it should be removed uh, on everything for everyone. Uh, we've taken that battle right to the supreme court of canada it's pushing up inflation canadians are not getting more back than they received uh directly or indirectly from this silly tax and quite frankly it's not it's not reducing emissions neither and so it needs to go away um uh, it would be it would be good if this government would realize this that uh, but if they don't i'm sure the next will
0: i i recall and uh i'm, I'm gonna ask my producer across the glass tom Find the uh, the clip of Saskatchewan Premier Brad Wall when uh, he he asked the question of Mr. Trudeau, "What's the point of the of the carbon tax?" So try and find that, please, Tom. Because Premier, you remember this extremely well. You were a minister in uh, Mr. Wall's Saskatchewan government at the time, but it was the first um, premier's meeting with the Prime Minister on the on the carbon tax. And Mr. Trudeau explained it in such an eloquent manner that I I, I became confused. <laughs> and he said, he said, essentially, we will collect the carbon tax from your farmers and, and, and then we'll, we'll take the money and we will return it to you. And uh, Mr. Wall's question to the prime minister was, so you're going to collect the carbon tax and, and then you're going to send it back to us to give it back to the farmers. So what's the point? It's still what's the point, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. What's the point? And then the other question Premier Wallet asked at the time, I was Minister of Environment at that point in time, and I remember quite clear was, has anyone done an economic analysis of what the economic impact of this tax is going to be to the industries that are employing people, creating wealth, and ultimately building our communities across this nation? Nobody had until the Parliamentary Budget Officer had a look into it. And he said that Canadians, directly and indirectly, are not getting back as much money as they receive. That's true today. Uh, It is a harmful tax to uh, the growth of our economy. It's a harmful tax to families as it increases inflation. And it doesn't do what it was designed to do,
0: which is reduce emissions. Premier, on on the issue of uh, you being called an anarchist or your government being called anarchists by the federal government, and you're not going to... Turnover money, carbon tax money, to them because you're not collecting it. Um, but the, but there's also the, the, there's still that threat, is there not, in legislation of uh, uh, potential fines and imprisonment? We've talked, you and I've talked about that in the past. Is that still hanging over you?
1: Yeah, to, to some degree, um, but all of that now lands on on the minister and the minister's office, and and uh, to have one level of government make an equal. An equitable decision uh the same as another level of government uh has done uh you know i'd i welcome our our day uh to defend that uh, at some point in time uh, listen this gets back to where we started with uh you know a previous prime minister mm-hmm. that had sent uh, his minister michael wilson at the time out to work with uh work with provinces and work with partners on on finding a. Uh, um You know, finding those points of of commonality and collaborating on finding what is the, you know, the best path forward. There's been none of this from the federal government, whether it be on the carbon tax, whether it be on uh, the multiple or multitude of uh, environmental programs and really infringing a provincial jurisdiction, uh, you know, clean electricity standard, clean fuel standard, fertilizer caps, oil production caps, all of these things um, are squarely in the provincial jurisdiction, not the federal jurisdiction. Um, where the federal government is attempting to move uh, without uh, even as much as, as consulting, working with or, or mentioning it to the provinces. And so it's, it's disappointing. It's divisive. Um, and I, I think, uh, you know, I, I think, quite frankly, I think uh, many Canadians have, have, quite frankly, had enough of it and uh, are, are ready to to move forward with, uh, you know, something different, maybe emulating uh, something more of what we had uh, many years ago where we were proud on the global stage and we worked collaboratively together uh, to, uh, to to make for a better nation. I have been at the center of some of those disagreements. Um, all of them I have been responsive to. It's not the province of Saskatchewan that has introduced uh, these, these types of environmental policies that are infringing in the federal sphere. It's always the federal government that moves first, does not consult tries to move into areas of provincial jurisdiction, and you see provinces like Saskatchewan and leaders like myself responding uh, to the initiatives of the federal government. That's disappointing, uh, and it's it's disappointing uh, time and time again. And that's what this is, uh, when we are treating Saskatchewan families equitably by removing the carbon tax on their own heating fuels.
0: If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts,